Hello and welcome to The Paper Crane, a podcast from Codes in the Clouds and a Misspent Youth Productions. My name is Jack. I'm Joe. I'm Kieran. And I'm Stephen. And this week, Joe and Kieran sat down to talk with the brilliant, brilliant comedian, Josh Pugh. I mean, I think I know a fair bit about this guy as well because I love his stuff, but... I suppose we ought to hear some facts from our resident <laughs> mechanical man. Up your pop, robo-man. facts. Thank you. Josh Pugh is an English comedian, actor and writer. In 2020, Josh wrote a brilliant book titled Grassroots, A Stepdad's Quest for Silverware, yep. which coincides so with good. his very funny cult Twitter account, Grassroots Coach, but without a H, it's a number five at the end. <laughs> so, he's so good really at titling funny. stuff, isn't he? I know he is, it's so good, honestly. Josh is also a stand-up comedian and is currently displaying his most recent, incredibly titled show, Sausage, Egg, Josh Pugh, Chips and Beans, at the Edinburgh <laughs> Film Festival. <laughs> so good. He's also been a writer for TV shows such as The Island, The Emily Attack Show, and also Never Mind the Buzzcocks. Yeah, I think it's Attack. Oh, but I'll, look, sorry, I won't, I'll, I'll, who am I to correct you? I'm sorry. You don't correct Siri when you're talking nonsense, do you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Josh has a partial sight disability, and because of this, he has had the opportunity to, to play for England's partially sighted team for the past 10 years, played over 50 games, and played in three world championships. Uh, yes, we did talk with Josh about this and many other things. I must warn you that there's a slight shift in audio quality about three minutes in, so please forgive us for that. Uh, we'll be back at the end of the show with some more teenage band stories and other gubbins. If you want to get in touch with us, it's info at codesinthecloud.net. Uh, we caught Josh halfway through his Edinburgh run of his show Sausage, Eggs, Josh Pugh, Chips and Beans, uh, for which he was nominated at this year's festival for Best Show. Congratulations, Josh. That's so deserved. Um, all information and links on where to see Josh can be found in the description of the podcast. But for now, enjoy the brilliant Josh Pugh. Uh, yeah, mate. Well, how's Edinburgh going? Yes, mate. Loving it. It's um, yeah, totally different experience to you know having pre-sales and stuff. It's so nice to yeah. one less anxiety. You know, like people. Uh, it's mad, really. You do you do work all year on this show, and you don't even know if people are going to come. It's insane. So it's <laughs> no, sure. people definitely coming. It's brilliant. Yeah, loving it. Yeah, because I've seen, I've seen. I think is your whole run sold out now. I think I've got a few tickets next week, and then I did an extra show yesterday at last minute, which we should not. Have done. It was like oh, really. <laughs> it looks great to do. I'm doing an extra show, but we were, yeah, we were at capacity. You know when there's like, oh, we've got an overflow car park. And it's just like one car <laughs> in a field. That's like my, uh, my my extra show yesterday. <laughs> But it, it, it's, I mean, just following you from afar, obviously, it looks like it's going really well. The reviews have been all great and stuff. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I never have um, PR, but I thought this year I'll, I'll do it because someone else sure. was fronting the money for the first time. So I thought I'll, I'll let them. Um... And yeah, it's, it's been good, <laughs> I think. It's, it's been good. Um, it's, you never know what to believe. With. Like, there's, honestly, there's, there's, no, there's no five-star shows. There's no five-star stand-up right. shows here. Like, look. The Godfather is five stars. It's insane. It's incorrect. <laughs> but um, 
As as I said to you when I when I messaged you, the first time I heard of you was through a mutual friend and hopefully future guest, uh, Tom Toll. Yeah, like when it. he showed me uh, the videos you'd done. I think it was maybe twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen of you hating Edinburgh and thinking every day was the last day there. <laughs> yeah. So, what is your actual relationship with the festival? I uh, love it, mate. I love it. Yeah. Never had a good one, but it's my first. I've lo- <laughs> always loved it. I, um, so that, those videos, they came out of, do you know a guy called Daryl Martin? I've heard that name. So he, he runs one of the venues called Just Atomic, and he's quite right, a bit yeah. of a cockney guy, a bit of kind of no-nonsense. Yeah. And um, those videos were born out of, I kept texting him every day saying, have I got another gig today, Daryl? <laughs> <laughs> And the, 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 obviously known full well I've signed up for the month so I'm like sure. the first day is like lol next day is like okay now we'll get it and then he just he kept he, <laughs> but, um, so yeah so how was it um, so like going back to the start when, when did you start doing stand up were you doing open spots and competitions and things like yeah, that yeah I, I started in 2014 I always wanted to do stand up Mm. I think I think I always wanted to do stand up, but I um, didn't even occur to me to, to just do it then. Right. Do, do you know what I mean? At some point, <laughs> that is that is it though, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, you just got to go do it. Yeah, you've got at some point if, if you want to do something, you've actually got to at least attempt it. Mm. Um, so I literally just googled stand up comedy Midlands, and I ended up doing what's called a gong show, which is like yes, do you know these? So it's when um, you yeah. do a bit, and the audience can kind of vote you off after a, a minute. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So that was my first experience. Wow, that was your first gig. Yeah, I, I, did, I just thought that's how you have to start. I thought it was like a tournament. I thought it was like, you thought you got to qualify. Winner stays on. Yeah, you've got to qualify for you the got, gigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You make top four, you get a pop. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, a, you know, when like a wild card enters the... Yeah, sure. But it's never really a wild card. It's always a tennis player. It's never a real... <laughs> I mean, it's still on the cards that they might it's still have. A t- yeah, it's yeah. still a tennis player. Yeah, not that. Yeah, but um, still quite good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I, I found so how that, long did it take you to get through the group stages? Then yeah, yeah well, yeah. <laughs> Sent home packing after the first. The first one was good. <laughs> second one not so good. Third one good. Fourth one horrendous. Really horrendous. Like um, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. First time dealing with somebody really drunk. Oh. Um but I just wanted to get back in, into it. It didn't put me off. I just loved it so much. Are these are these all gong shows? First, <laughs> first four shows. Actually, weirdly, the first three were gong shows, and then the fourth one was a real gig. I'm like, oh, is this right? Take me back to the gongs, man, because this is not good. <laughs> um, so, what was that? One of those uh, bills where you know there's like 20 comedians doing five minutes. Uh, but it was yeah, it was like a better one than that because I'd done quite well at the gongs and met people. They're like, oh, I come and do ten. Yeah. Like a, so it's like a Friday night. It was still like a new act thing, really. Mm. But you know, they're doing new acts and then a headliner at the end. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I was on first. This is back then where, look, if you if you're booking a night of stand up, you, you kind of curate the night a little bit. Whereas sure. back then, you could turn up and like, oh, who wants to go on first? Well, that's not that's not how it works, <laughs> is it? <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to go on? Yeah. It's like you don't get, yeah, it's not like red in the leads. Well, do you want to open? Who's going to, you know, let's pe- get, get fit people where it's going to make a good night, a comedy. Yeah, sure. So at what point did uh, comedy become full time for you then? What what jobs were you doing on the side? So I had a full on proper job, like um, I used to work for social services in Coventry. 
Really? Real job? Proper grown-up job? Yeah, proper grown-up job, which is great for so I kind of got my, got, got my house and got myself sorted a bit. Do you know what I mean? And then um, it's also great to have access to a, a council's computer. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? When you're you starting comedy, if, you've got, if you're literally in front of a computer all day and you can print yeah. stuff off and you can look on Google Maps and you can apply for... It's so helpful. Yeah, we've all, uh, we've all accidentally abused our work computers. Yeah, right? of course. Yeah, totally. But I won a competition and the prize was to go to Australia. Um, oh, wow. So I had to, had to quit my job then. And then I come back and I was in Edinburgh for the first time, it didn't go great and it also cost a lot of money. Then I was like, oh, I've got no, got no money. So I was, I was just kind of scraping by really. And then um, I was like that till the lo- lockdown came. And then I went back to work at the council but a different job, like in the employment service. And so that got a, got a bit of money behind me again. And I did some of my videos and stuff. And I thought, I'm not gonna do all these rubbish gigs that just, why, why struggle? I'd rather work mm and do gigs I want to do and actually be able to take risks and do the kind of stuff, you know, rather than going to Hull for 140 quid on a Friday and Saturday. Sure, I sure. can do nice gigs and try and build a bit of an audience. And the plan was just hang on at work for as long as I can. And then it kind of went really well. Then I had a, a baby. So I hung, yeah. hung on from my maternity, uh, paternity leave and I thought, oh, I'll get that. And then I'll do one more month. And then that month, it just got so busy. I, I started resenting the job for the first time. I thought, I've got to wow. just make the leap. And then I got lucky, I had a couple of things come in. And then it's just gone gone well from there then, really. But I, I, if I ever was in trouble again, I'd just go back to work. I, I've got no no shame in it at all. I, 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 that's probably my most creative time was when I was back at work. I'd go and have a coffee in the morning, do a bit of writing, and be around people all day. And I loved where, it. Uh, where are you sure. finding comedy in social services? There's, there's not a lot. There's not, there's not a lot. <laughs> but it's just, you know, it's, it's sometimes as a comedian, you're just by yourself all day. So you're around people and sure. interacting with people, and there's got to be something in that. Do you know what I mean? And you're commuting and doing all that stuff. Sure, yeah. You do sort of see it when with some comedians who go on and get quite successful that they then stop having experiences. Yeah, so. And then their material suffers. I, I think you can do one show. So most people do their big, it's different now. But John Bishop and Mickey Flanagan both did this. They had got their big breakthrough show. Mm. Then their next show, The Millionaires. And yeah. so that next yeah, that course. next show is like them becoming millionaires and becoming into that world and how it doesn't fit in. And that's great. But then I think the show after that is really hard. Sure, I bet. So that's interesting because... Because obviously, I, uh, over lockdown especially, I mean, I was introduced to you uh, through your videos rather than your stand-up, but obviously you were already on stage at this point. Yeah. But uh, I think, you know, you can say that over over lockdown and stuff, with your videos got more and more popular. Yeah. So that, I assume, has had an effect on, like, your uh, ticket sales and stuff like that, right? Yeah, totally. And mate, so, do you, so do you think... Because I know it's quite common. I, spe- I know I saw a lot of articles about this year's Edinburgh with a lot of the comedians that became popular over lockdown that didn't necessarily start on the stage. Yeah. Who got popular through videos and are now going to the stage. So we take someone like uh, Munya Chihuahua, who I think is brilliant. Yeah. And I've no doubt that his live shows are going to be great. But not everyone can succeed. Yeah. <laughs> um, when they go from like just being funny online to being funny on the stage. Do you... What sort of challenges do you think those people are going to face uh, 
that maybe you got through in the early days without people actually watching you? Do you think you do you think there needs to be like a bit of a battle? There's, it's it's not it's not so much the battle. It's just there's no shortcuts. There's no mm. there's no um, replacement for just being on the stage loads and doing it loads. Mm. It's yeah. just not you know. It's just you just can't shortcut it. Unfortunately, and, you, no, and, and you get you get a bit of grace. And if the audience know who you are, you'll get a bit of grace. But very quickly, they can sniff whether you're comfortable here. Can you can you do it or not? Yeah, sure. Um, and it's so high, I don't envy those guys. But, I mean, you, I can't think who said this, but you can never be found too, too late, but you can definitely be found too early. Right, that's really which is Which is right, isn't it, I think? Yeah, that's very true. But then also, you know, what, why, um, what, why do they even need, you know, it's, unless they want to do stand-up, there's also no shame. You know, if they come to stand-up and they're not great, straight away, that's also fine. Do you know what I mean? What, yeah. what they're great at is doing videos... And doing a little sketch, you know, that's not one isn't better than well, you know, it's kind of fine. It's fine if that's what you go down, that's all you go yeah, down. That's yeah. also great. Yeah, it's just I suppose that that added scrutiny. I mean, I suppose Munya's kind of an ex- extreme example, but like other people that have their show in Edinburgh, like maybe some American comedians, yeah, they haven't really. Well, my fear for them is that they haven't really learnt to be shit in front of a crowd yet. Yeah, they're, they're oh, if you think about bad you are when you start stand up. Mm. Mm. there's 10 people in an audience and good that's that's too many in a way you, 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 you're, you're being rubbish it's good to be it's good to be rubbish in front of no one whereas yeah, they, yeah, these yeah, are exactly. you're, you're learning in front of well people aren't it it's, you're learning in front of you're in the, learning in the spotlight learning on the job aren't you it's difficult and it's the, it's the same with music really you do have to like, I haven't had stage fright probably for about 10, 11 years, just because I've I've played the worst gigs I'll ever I'll ever play. Yeah, I don't think they can be top. Yeah, totally. You know, a <laughs> capacity room to two people. Yeah, when your when your name's on the top of wow. the bill, that's you know you've got to go through that. Play- and it's like almost um, yeah. It's when well, I think some of the things I've done and some of the fringes I've had, and it's um, you must love it. That's why you've got to love what you're doing because you just wouldn't carry on if that was anything else. You'd be like, what the hell am I doing? But you just. You've got to love the thing so much. Obviously, you guys love music, making music. Yeah. I love stand-up. It's great, and it? If you love it, you can't... Same reason, it's... if you never make it, it won't be a problem, because you love it. You're doing the thing you love. It's great, whether... Exactly, yeah. It's like, it's uh, it's watching Lost to the final episode. <laughs> I promise at the very start. <laughs> you can bring it back. Yeah, totally. I remember it once felt good. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> so... Uh, Josh, you're the third stand-up we've had on this show, but you're also uh, the second published author we've had on this show. Yeah, I think uh, I think we should throw the word self in there, self-published. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be disingenuous not to add that in. <laughs> yeah, the word published was doing an awful lot of legwork. Yeah, there, it, it was. <laughs> but how was how was that process of? Uh, you know, writing a book. I mean, it's it's a short book. I'll give you that. Yeah, but uh, it's, it's get, this gets it... less impressive as it goes on, doesn't it? This chat, <laughs> this uh, this book thing. The um, <laughs> so, Matt, I think I wrote it in in the first three days of the lockdown. I I, I know I, I, people. This is before I was doing the videos as well. So I used to have um, oh, wow. a, 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 an account called Grassroots Coach, who was um, yeah yeah, who's a stepdad who'd taken over his stepson's football team. And he was an unlicensed. I think that's a brilliant concept, by the way. Yeah, so yeah. It's an un, it's an unlicensed coach. 
So he'd put, he'd put these tweets out and um, people liked it. So I thought, I'm going to do his memoirs. So it's like a, a coaching ma- manual. It was called A Stepdad's Quest for Silverware. It's, yeah. And um, I must say, it's so funny. There was points in it where I had to put it down because I had tears in my eyes. Yeah. Uh, the standouts uh, for me being uh, when you first meet the mum and it's the way you casually meant because you, you've had a failed refund in Dixon's. <laughs> Uh, and you casually mention that as you walked over to her, you maybe put your foot through a washing machine door. <laughs> <laughs> that imagery <laughs> absolutely killed me. Yeah, no, it's just, uh, I really loved writing it. It's so, it's a bit partridge, I think. It's, I just... Um, um, yeah, it is. Actually. I just kind of... Uh, so I've done it just before I was doing the videos. I'm not one for... Um, I'm not fully comfortable... I don't know if you get this as a musician, but I'm not fully confident with, with the um, buy-me-a-coffee stuff. Or the tip jar stuff. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's my upbringing or what, but I'm not, I'm not fully just asking for tips and mm. stuff. So I wanted to do something that people could buy and, and get some money that way. So I decided, yeah, decided to do the book. And in the, I think the last page, it kind of says, this was created during the pandemic, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's why I did that. So it's a weird thing. I don't know if it's your upbringing or what, but even... So there's the option here in my show that can... People can pre-book a ticket or they can chance getting in and then pay at the end. Yes, yeah, yeah, like the Bill Murray did. Yeah, and it's um, a bucket speech and it honestly, it's pathetic. This bucket speech oh, I'm really? doing, I'm like apologising. Like, if you've bought, if you bought tickets, please, this doesn't apply to you. But if, if you haven't and you wanted to, and I don't oh. expect anything, but if you wanted to, then you see other people, they just, they've got such confidence about it. Some of them are great. Yeah, you've got to be funny with it, I think. Yeah, I really oversell yeah, it. Yeah, I've got I've got gags in mind, and then I always recommend something at the end. There's like a thing that you do, and at the end you kind of um, it's called I think it's called like passing it forward, and it you recommend something. You right, recommend okay. something. Oh show. yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I yeah. I got told off by my um, agency to keep recommending the Elvis movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's funny, but can you push some of the other acts we got on as well? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, it is a wonderful performance. Oh, it's really, it's, really quality it's, film. It's really good. The way the, that version of Suspicious Minds, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just to bring it back to the book for one second, because I feel like uh, our listeners need to know your observation <laughs> on Nick Knowles and uh, how badly he would be bullied on an actual building site. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely killed me. Yeah, <laughs> you can kind of just no discernible. Practical skills you, and straight out of drama. You, you can kind of feel it, can't you, on DIYSOS when he's going around chatting to like the, the electricians, and he's like, "Do you want to help with anything?" They're like, "We're okay, Nick. Actually, we think we think we've got this. If you want to just do your little bit to camera." <laughs> do you, uh, another thing you put at the end of the book is um, you advertise some uh, some upcoming book. <laughs> Uh, keep, keeping your nose clean, the women's football spec. <laughs> are, we, are we ever going to read that? Yeah, well, the, the Lioness is winning the, the tournament. Really. I should do a exactly. It's kind definitely of, should. Yeah, it's calling out for that, isn't it? I think. <laughs> Leia Williams keeping her nose clean. That's so <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> would you would you ever do that character on stage? You know what? That's what. So I've tried to I've tried to work it up for sitcom and stuff. Mm. Um. But I think people are so scared of football, doing anything football. But it's, it's this guy, he could kind of be 
it hasn't got to be football. It's just an adult living in a kid's world and making it about himself, which adults do yeah. constantly. So it doesn't have to be football. But I think that you could do it as a live thing. I think it could be... It's probably, if I was this way inclined, it's probably a really good corporate thing. A, cor- a spoof corporate, oh. you know, a, a football successful football kids football coach comes in and delivers. Yeah. To and you could probably charge a lot of money for it if you were that way inclined. And <laughs> I had the time. That's probably what you could do with it. I think. Oh, it sounds like you have thought you could, about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. You could host the the PFA awards or something. <laughs> yeah. Like you, could, you, you could do after dinners. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then John Barnes can get up and do his rap. Yeah. Totally. If it's around yeah. the World Cup or something. <laughs> yeah. It'd be amazing. But well. Well, on the subject of football, you're of, you're also an England international. Yeah, well, I am very fortunate. So I've played for England's partially sighted team for mm. 10 years. I've made 55 appearances. I'm on the, the cap wall at St George's Park. There's all the list of players who have... Are you really? Yeah, wow. so there's, there's 50 caps and then there's 100 caps and there's a few players. Um, Jill Scott, one from the women's team, she's um, on the 150 cap list. So oh, I've just yeah. snuck onto the... And I think... In my little bracket, I think there's, I think Alex Scott, Kyle Walker, Rio Ferdinand, John Stones, Josh Pugh. Oh, just some small oh names. My God. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> God, that's amazing. It's mad, yeah. And then that's there forever. So if anybody ever is at St George's Park, you know, do, do tours or, you know, if my, my little boy ever plays or if anybody from the town ever is, for whatever reason, at St George's Park, because you can just go and stay yeah. at the Hilton there. They can go and look at the wall and be like, oh, that's... That's Josh Pugh. That's, that's incredible. incredible. Yeah. What an amazing thing to have. So how did so how did you get into? Because uh, I assume step one, you have to be partially sighted. N- number one, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Number <laughs> one. Well, you know what? It's mad actually because um, with all kind of para sports and stuff, the, the, the country's like the best. Of, by the very nature of it, uh, the country's like kind of recently, most recently at war. Weirdly, because. That, that's how a lot of power sports were invented. Were kind of re, to rehabilitate right. soldiers after the, the Second World War. Yes, of course. Um, so yeah, but so yeah, you need kind of a, a, a certain level of vision. And uh, yeah, but I always played. I've always played as a kid. I was a really good player and stuff. And uh, when it got to eleven aside, my, my my sight was kind of on, on the on the on the decline. Then I'd struggle. I, I, I kind of went from being one of the best players in the, the team. Well, the best player in the team. To being like well, Josh is, he's not getting better. He's, he's getting worse. And uh, right. but then I play would be in training because it's all small and all small sided. I'd be the best player again. Then on a Saturday, I'd just be struggling again because it's too big and I can't see the ball coming at me. And um, and then as I got older, I kind of fell out of football a bit. I did other stuff. I did I did like boxing and rugby, which to, wow. with low vision is a stupid thing to do. But I just yeah. But it was <laughs> yeah, you don't want someone throwing a punch when you can't see it. But, but weirdly easier than football because everything's closer. Sure and, sure. and rugby, all the players, their teams on that side, your your teams on this side. You know, yeah. if you're a forward or whatever, you, you don't have to catch the ball ever. The ball's just there for you to pick up and run with. I, oh, I was yeah. all right with rugby. It's football, but I love football's always my thing. And then. I just got older. Um, I met one of the players who plays at England. That they play a game called futsal. So we play a game called futsal, which yes. is the official UEFA's official small sided game. Right. So I started playing futsal, and then he got me involved with England, and yeah, went from there really. But it's, um, it's amazing. I played all over the world, played in Argentina and Japan, and wow, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, and it's great. I, I love the other. I love seeing the other countries and how they're coming to it. So like Ukraine. 
a lot of their players have kind of um, either come from like an industrial accident. So that, that's kind of our plan. That's kind of right. so you can either we've got a few players that have had the condition since we're birth, since we're born, and yeah. have played, or you've got players that are really good players. Then they've either had an eye condition kicking later in life, or you know they've had an accident somehow. We had a um, we had a guy who used to play for he played for Newcastle. His name was Chris Holland. He played for Newcastle. He made his debut in the Premier League on the same day as David Beckham. And, wow. uh, and, he, and Chris Holland, he set up two goals on his debut. And he, he was the, they're making a big thing of him on match of the day and not David Beckham. That, uh, that's what he always talks about. And then um, really? wow. and a couple of weeks later, he, he was out in Newcastle and he was, there was an acid attack and he was a bystander. And it, it got him, it got, got one of his eyes, he lost one of his eyes. Um and he still played. He still played in the league. He played for Birmingham and Huddersfield. And he kind of dropped down and down. Then we kind of got him. He didn't know, know about the squad. He kind of got involved. When he was like mid thirties, and he was superb and not not a bitter bone in his body. Lovely, lovely bloke. He was playing for Guysley, I think, at the time. Um, so yeah, there's loads of different stories. It's it's a great thing to be part of. So so fortunate to yeah. do it. So do you play at uh, club level as well? Or is it just England? Yeah. So so futsal. There's a futsal league. So obviously we. We we play against sighted players, and in, in, when we play, cause obviously we've got all the best visually impaired players, right? So we play. Wow. So we play against like fully sighted teams, um, and then when we go abroad, we play against obviously other partially sighted teams. Sure. Um, so it's great. That's so it's, it's great. And then there's a, there's a visually impaired league as well, which is getting better all the time. And then there's all the lads, the England lads, we play in kind of the the sighted futsal league as well. Oh, amazing. Um, so, yeah, so who, 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 who do you play for then? What's your team? I play at Birmingham, Birmingham Futsal. Oh, really? Is, is, that, is that an associate with Birmingham City? No, it's completely separate. But we, we've started, so yeah. it's, it's now on um, BT Sport, I started showing Futsal. Have they yeah, really? it's, That's it's wicked. It's so good to watch. My wife loves it. She's, I mean, she's, she loves sport and stuff anyway. She's not into sport, but mm. she'll watch anything. But the Futsal, right. you know, sometimes if you casually watch football, they just pass it around the back four. It's a bit like nothing's happening. Yeah. Whereas Futsal... It's end to end. It's so exciting to watch. So yeah, sure. so it's, yeah, it's wicked. It, like when you see like the old legends play it and stuff like that. It's great, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's, it's it's almost a different sport. It's almost a different sport to football. Mm. Like if you watch um, like if you watch the top top futsal teams, it's like it's it's like a, it's a court sport. You mean yeah, it's like basketball or something. Yeah, isn't yeah, it? and there's personal fouls, and the goalkeepers can come out. You usually have two goalkeepers. You have one goalkeeper who's like your, your shot stopper. You have your other goalkeeper yeah. who can play with his feet, and you can kind of bring him out. And it's great. It's a really, really oh, tactical wow. game. Yeah, it's great. Great, like r- r- rush goalie. Yeah, it's literally rush goalie. Yeah, <laughs> it's literally rush goalie. Yeah. Oh, that's quality. Yeah. So, so with with your uh, with your eyesight, then yeah. has that. Were you were you born with that? Yeah, that? I was I was born with it, but it got it got worse kind of in my right, okay. late teens, early twenties, and then. It, but it's it's right. it's is it as it will be now? It's just, it's going to be like this for. It won't get any worse. Do you know what I mean? Oh, really? Yeah, like that? Yeah. So, so the bit of my eye which is deteriorated is is done. It's deteriorated. So it's not going to get right. unless I get a cataract or something. Same as anybody could. Sure. Um, so yeah. So that's. Um, yeah, so it's gonna. It, it won't. It, it'll, but it's got. Yeah, it's got kind of worse, but it's kind of at a level now. Right. Yeah. Okay. So does uh, does does something like does football or your eyesight ever make it into your material? Um, yeah. So I've got a bit about my sight in this show. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And it's uh, uh, the only one that is in there is because I worked 
during one of the lockdowns, I worked at Royal Mail, kind of sorting mail. Right. And, uh, but I've, I can't read postcodes. I can't see postcodes. Right. right. Okay. <laughs> so I was just there, uh, just right. literally just guessing where to chuck these letters for like eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the show, it's, that's in the show. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but football, no, I, I, I don't know how to do it. I, I, I might, it might be a show. Mm. I think that might be a standalone show. It'd be the, when I retire, I might do a bit of a, a football show maybe. Oh, that's a good... So when is uh, retirement on the... How old are you, by the I'm way? 32. 33 on Saturday. 33, okay, okay. Arsene Wenger would only be giving you one year extension. I'm getting one year now, <laughs> yeah. I'm kicking off, though. I want, I want like, four years, and it's a bit of speculation, on it? I, I might be off to... Ch- I'll probably go off to China, actually. Yeah. <laughs> that's where the money is. Yeah. Look. Um... So with, I mean, we, Ibrahimovic went into his forties. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I think. Going. But I always say to my wife, I'm, I'm doing ten years. I'm doing another ten years. She's like, "What are you talking about? You can't move after you play." <laughs> the um, <laughs> so we've got a World Cup in England next year. I've, I've, uh, oh, amazing! I've, I've, I've never played in the tournament in England, and that's in Birmingham. Oh, really? Amazing! Oh, wow. So it's kind of written in the, the stars to to do something there, and then I'll just. I'll just see from there. One one year at a time, innit? One. Yeah, sure. Oh, but what an what an incredible thing to aim for. Though. Yeah, totally. And um, it's during Fringe. It's actually would it would be the opening game year today. Really? Yeah. So are you, so are you already saying you're not doing the Fringe next year? Oh well, I might go do a little work in progress. So yeah, I've got it's a world home World Cup, John, and I can't not. No, you can't miss. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, that'd be incredible. Yeah. So. With the, with this show you're doing now, are you taking it on tour after Edinburgh? Yeah, I'm doing the tour. It's, it'll start next year. I, I don't know how right. these you probably know more as me more than me as musicians how you do a tour, how you schedule a tour. But obviously, uh, you think that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we've had really badly scheduled yeah, tours. Yeah. You put the dates in. The, de- the dates are there. The dates are in. You can't, you can't <laughs> that one. You put dates in. Um, that's the easy bit. So we've got so really so it's be September and then it'll be there's a World Cup as in a, a November like the World Cup in Qatar. Of course, at the end of the year. So you've got to be careful of that. You then got Christmas. You've got to be careful of that, and then January. No one's got any money. Skin. Yeah. So it's like fe- February onwards. Then. Okay. So what? So what are you doing in the meantime? Will you be running the show anywhere, uh, or do you just have to remember? I just have to remember. It. I've recorded it and I record it on the last day. Um, sure. But yeah, that's a good point, actually. Joe should, uh... but yeah, um... <laughs> yeah. But then it's so it's not like music. Well, it is like music, but you, you can't. You know, you can go and keep doing the hits as a musician, and people want to yeah, see exactly. the hits of comedy. You can't. You've got to keep doing it. Yeah, with you, with you, like with us, like our the closest thing to popular happened. You know, over ten years ago, and that's what people want to hear us. Really. Play. They don't want to hear you do 10-year-old gags, to be honest. Jeff. Yeah, agree. Especially if you started in 2014. Yeah. It'd be horrible. Yeah, yeah, agree. Uh, but it's, um, it's mad, isn't it? It's, um, it's the other way of music. You kind of don't... I'm going to play one off the new album. Ah, can you not? Can you do some of the... Yeah. <laughs> was, it, was it Bon Jovi was doing new stuff at Live Aid? You know, the, the most recent Live Aid? Oh, at Live Aid, Yeah. Really. He's, he's doing, new, doing stuff off the new album, plugging the new album. Like, not really the... The vibe, John. Living on a prayer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. So, will you be taking? Because I think uh, I, th- I believe, look, as a plug for my friend Tom, I believe you're playing one of his shows in October. Though I don't think that's been announced yet, so I might have to cut that out. Yeah, no. That's, so, will you? Yeah, that's October, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. so that'll be. So I'll see you. I'll see you there. Oh, awesome, mate! Wicked. So that's um, um, 
that'd be like a club set. Yeah, that's the other thing you're having. So you, you have your tour, yeah. which is like your, your show. That's your, you know your hour, hour and half show. Then you have club sets, which is like that's where you go in. You'll do the comedy store. You do the the glees, and you'll go and do yeah, yeah, yeah. a short, punchy. Just go and get laughs for twenty minutes off. Yeah, so is your, that's what I was going to ask. So is your 20-minute set, is that just like solid gold stuff? You know it works. It's not taken from this latest show. Or is it a shorter version of this show? Well, it's interesting. I always work, my, I always get my material together in clubs. Right. So by the time it gets to Edinburgh, I've tested it loads of times. I know it's starting out mm-hmm. funny. And then there's some things you just can't do in a set, like a 20-minute set, set. You just can't. Sure. They, they won't get to know you enough in that length of time for you to be able to do yeah, certain yeah. stuff. And that's why, and the, the clubs are great, and I love club comedy in the circuit. But really, mm. most people's aim is to get off the circuit because right, and just do theatres. Ju- just do theatres, or, or have people coming to see you because they know who you are. You know, the the, yeah. the, the club gigs, the kind of the they go to. Oh, we're going to a comedy night on Friday. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they're going to see the comedy. The comedy, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The <laughs> it's like um, suppose with mu- musicians. Oh, there's a, there's a singer on. We'll pop down there. There's a singer on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to see the music. Yeah. Or worse than that, a turn. There's a turn on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, because I think when you were saying about touring, I think really the closest thing... I don't think com- comedy tours and band tours are that similar, apart from just being tired a lot and not really realising where you are. Yeah. I think the closest... I think what's closer to touring lifestyle as a band is actually Edinburgh, because you're with your your comedy peers and your mates, and also it's it's difficult not to drink every night. Yeah. Whereas if, if you're on tour and you're knackered, and it, as I imagine as a comedian, if you're on your own or you've just got, like, an opening act... Yeah. Uh, it, you're not necessarily going to go for the booze every time. Yeah, it's, it's an, um, and also it's weird. It's not the UK so small, really, mm. and like you just go home. Yeah, sure. You, 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 most of the time, you can just go home. You mean, you, yeah, and you're bang in the middle. Yeah, so that's nice and easy. Yeah, so you're done by ten o'clock, and you go, and it's and people say a tour. It's not a tour. It's not even a tour. It's just a list of gigs. <laughs> Do you mean you, yeah, you're not sure. think you, you're this like kind of travelling thing? You know, go from there, then we'll head up to there. It's just you're just doing gigs, yeah. But just <laughs> with your, with your name, yeah. It just sounds great. Although, I th- I've had I've had this discussion before with uh, other comedians. I would say because I think there's a difference between a gig and a show. Yeah, I think a show is like you know we have our our guy on visuals and stuff like that. And we have our touring sound man, and we've put together start to finish a show. Wicked. Whereas a gig is, uh, let's go pl- try out these songs live. Totally. Uh, yeah, just... that's that's like comedy. Yeah, yeah. So it's that's yeah. like a, I suppose a gig is we call it a gig like a club set. Yeah, you're doing a club. Yeah. And in Edinburgh, you're doing your show. You're doing your show. Yeah, you're doing your show. And it's mad. And if, if the audience got to know which one of them they're coming to. If they think they, yes, if they, that's also if they true, think yeah. they're coming to a gig and you try and do a show to them, they're like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> and if they think they're coming to a show and you're just doing stuff at them, like punchy stuff, they're like, "What is this? This isn't anything." You you also do uh, writing. So is that when is that what really picked up uh, because of your videos? Um, it's mad in it because like Twitter and stuff is literally an advert for how good you are at writing stuff. Of course, yeah, yeah, um, and. Uh, it's weird, isn't it? Because kind of, it's a real f- fine thing. It's a, it's a really interesting thing writing because 
it's great work. It's well paid writing. If you get some writing days on stuff, like I've just done the Buzzcocks. Just worked on the oh wow yeah really? which, amazing which is a great thing to do. I had to, one of my jobs one day was to brief Shaggy, <laughs> <laughs> which is what, what did is you have to brief, brief him? On? Yeah, Josh, can you just come and brief Shaggy? I'm like, what? What? What are these sentences? You show, show him the fire exit. Yeah, yeah. Um, How not to be a womanizer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's just denying everything as well. I don't know what's. You know, <laughs> but, uh, You're a liar. <laughs> the. Um, yeah, so that it's good. It's good work. That is, it's it's good work to do. It's fun. But so for for panel shows like that, if if someone like like Shaggy's coming, yeah. on, are you giving them gags? So with Shaggy, and it's different. <laughs> I never what? thought I'd hear that. You're casually chatting about Shaggy, Shaggy I mean... the, guys. The thing with Shaggy, <laughs> yeah. the thing you need to know about Shaggy. <laughs> so it's more getting them to think about what you, these are the questions. This is what. This is what Greg Davis, the host, going to tee you up with. Hmm. Is there anything that immediately you want to spring to mind? I want to run through any anecdotes. Hmm. And obviously, with, with stand-up, you're used to... Uh, you get better at storytelling. I notice it all the time with my wife. She'll be telling a story. I'm like, why have you said it that way around? You, you've revealed <laughs> the thing. You should have saved that till the end. It's, the, the story is now not interesting. It's diminishing the punchline. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and she'll do a thing. like She'll, she'll tee me up for like a story... Yeah. And it's just like, it's like a hospital pass. I'm like, why have you given me this story to tell? <laughs> <laughs> this, isn't, this, isn't, this isn't good enough. You've really built this up too much. Um, so it's just, with, with, the, with the non-comics on those kind of shows, it's like, this is what to expect. This is, that might be a good story to tell. That one maybe isn't a good story to tell. Sure. Um, yeah, so it's just stuff like that. And then, um, but I think with writing, it's, there's, you probably, it's easy to, you're, you're, you can never be a backup singer if you're not careful in this industry. You can kind of be you, you're writing for somebody else, or if you, oh, you're really good at that, put you in a room. And but actually, you, you want to be up the up the front, really. So it's a, it's a hard sure. hard thing. It's fine. So do, so uh, does does being a writer on the show basically prevent you from getting on the panel? Um, no, weirdly, I was on standby for the. Uh, this is a mad story. Can I, can, can I tell you the story? Is it a bit a bit much? No, go for um, it. Go for it. This is so you know, I just mentioned Shaggy there, how surreal these things are. So, I was, I was yeah. writing on Buzzcocks and I was also on standby because of the coronavirus. Now, if anything, everyone gets tested positive for COVID, they need a standby in the building. So, I was also sure. the standby. Um, so it's so one day I'm on standby at six o'clock, the release, you everybody's in the building, you're not needed, you can go now. So, I am um, right. that night, I'm doing a um, a gig in central London for with Ricky Gervais. I do these Ricky Gervais and children's gigs. Oh wow! Yeah, there's no way to tell this story without there's there's quite, there's, there's name drops all over this story. There's, there's no yeah. way to get it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we uh, won't mention it every time. We'll just let it happen. Yeah, and bring it up at the yeah, end. Yeah, it's um yeah, just asterisks if you, anything. And then <laughs> so I get off the so that's at the BBC. I get off the tube in Holborn. The producer from Buzzcocks is ringing me. Saying, Josh, something's happened. You need to come back. I'm like, here we go. Buzzcocks. I've watched it since I was a kid. Amazing showing. It's the number one panel yeah. thing, Buzzcocks. I'm like, amazing. This is it. So I have to phone Ricky Gervais's tour manager and say, I can't do the Ricky Gervais gig. That's so, sh- so short notice. And obviously they get it, but they're not happy. Um, mm. Get back to the studio. Get back inside. No one's really referencing what's going on. So like, Josh, just wait here. Everybody's in the building, so there's no dressing rooms. You just wait here, which is like this, the cafeteria bit. 
And they're, they're like, we'll, we'll, we'll keep you posted what's happening. I'm sorry, can't be more specific what's happening. Then they're like, oh, we, we'll do your hair and makeup, put me in for hair and makeup. We're not fully sure if you're going to be on yet. There's something happening. We can't say too much. Just get yourself ready. Then they're like, I'll put this on. By the way, it's a Christmas episode. So I'm in a Christmas jumper. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in, a, in the cafeteria, no dressing room, hair and makeup done, Christmas jumper on. This woman keeps coming and telling me to put a mask on. She doesn't know. I'm potentially going to be on the show. She doesn't have a clue who I am. <laughs> so I'm just in a Christmas jumper with this COVID mask on, hair and makeup. Claire from Steps is there. Brilliant. I'm like, of course she is. And they're just... Put <laughs> you again. And something's, something's going on with Peter Doherty's... Peter Doherty and Noel Fielding having a discussion because Peter Doherty's wife has got COVID and Noel's not sure if he wants to proceed with the show. So Noel might not be doing it. He's... He's getting advice and stuff, medical advice. So I'm just there, like, what is happening? Like, I'm not, no one's talking to me. <laughs> Eventually, the company like, Josh, you're not needed. So I'm like, oh. Oh, my God. And then, then all those guys, Pete Doherty, Noel Fielding, whoever else, it's just Claire from Steps, just walked past me into the show, and I just stood there in a Christmas jumper. <laughs> oh, man. And, and, and a face mask. And, and, and Ricky Gervais is screaming at me. <laughs> <laughs> so are you no longer Ricky Gervais's and friend? So my my number one to-do list the next day, top of my to-do list, was to phone the creator of The Office and apologise. <laughs> <laughs> just, I just, I, I left, I phoned my wife, like, I can't believe any of these words I'm saying, but this is what's happened. It was so, it was so funny. It was it's, incredible. It's, uh, <laughs> so you're alone. Yeah. With a mask on and a Christmas jumper. It's like, Jesus. But, um, As the Never Mind the Buzzcocks music is playing. Literally, just... yeah. They're getting an outside. No, I feel you. <laughs> and I, and I, was give, I was giving it loads as well when I come back into the studio. Like, I'm here to save Christmas. Everybody relax. <laughs> I was giving it loads as well. And they're like, no, actually, you're not needed. First of all, everyone, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so how did... Uh, how did the Ricky Gervais stuff happen then? That was from Twitter. That was from videos on Twitter. Amazing. Yeah, it was. Um, he just liked a certain one, and he kind of reached out. Um, so Sean McLaughlin is a brilliant comedian. He's he's Ricky's support act on on the, on, right. on, the, on his main tour, and uh, he's with the same agent as me, so they kind of knew who to go to as well. Which is all these little okay. things. They all just kind of fall into place sometimes. And, um, sure. So that's been a good experience doing that with him. He's kind of in his own little thing, Ricky. He's kind of, he didn't start yeah. on the circuit. He's kind of just, he was, he was one, you know, talk about, we talk about the TikTokers and stuff like going straight into stand up. Yeah. I think he'd done a bit of stuff like that, but he'd been, main, he'd been David Brent. And then he does his first tour, yeah. his arenas and theatres. And so his, that's true. So, so these Ricky Gervais and Chum's gigs are him. He's kind of artificially creating a circuit for him to work on stuff. And then he can take it to the arenas. Do you know what I mean? It's- Cause, do you remember that there was that there was that thing called Talking Funny years ago? And it was Ricky Gervais, Louis C.K., uh, Chris, Chris Rock and Seinfeld. Seinfeld, yeah. And and they were and they were like, they were all asking each other what their first ever joke was. Yeah. And Ricky Gervais's first like stand up joke was like, "Oh, I told this on stage at Hammersmith Apollo at my first ever gig." Like that's in that's a, that's another world. <laughs> oh, it's it, like you'll it'll, it'll, um, it'll chat about the Fringe, and it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think he did do well, it. You played the arena, you mean? Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, <laughs> I think he did do a mini Fringe run, but. Um, 
<laughs> but like not letting anyone else come near him. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's like um, it's like saying about the the online guys. He's, he's had a completely different route, and yeah, and some some you know part of it is like is that's not bad. That's not a bad thing. That's kind of you're not influenced by all the you're not influenced by anything. You see people because yeah, um, there's also like a black circuit in comedy. So like mm. um, like black apps. There's like a bit. It's like a different circuit. And sometimes they'll come across to like the other circuit, mm. and they'll be so funny, and they're like not like anyone else. Yeah, they're just yeah, yeah. so themselves, and so because they have not been influenced by anything, they're not. You know, they're kind yeah. of their own. It's I loved. The, I think they're so great. You know, like Slim, Slim is kind of broke through in the last couple of years. Yes, he's so funny. Is it? Did you did you find that there was a different sort of? Was there a different circuit in Birmingham when you started? Uh, a little, a little bit. A little bit. It's kind of the circuits within circuits. Kind of have you have like your little open mic stuff, and then you have your London open mic, and then sure. you kind of get onto your own little circuit. And then well, I just want to say I bloody love the name of your tour show. By the way, it's incredible. Oh, thank oh, you, Kieran, mate. Yeah. It's um, it makes no sense really, but I just thought it's just quite a fun thing to say. It's, well, it's well the best folk. meal of the day. Totally, it is so. the best meal of the day. <laughs> I know. I was a big fan of. Um, uh, it's not the awards, but the friends you make along yeah, the way. Yeah, um, yeah. Maybe, maybe the real comedy awards are the friends you made along the way. <laughs> I, I had two other working titles for this show. Yeah. One was um, Danger, Danger, High Log. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. And, yeah, that is and, horrible. And then the whole branding was going to be about the human body can withstand up to a thousand lots. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm all, I'm bring that back. And then the other one was... Who had the biggest dick in here until I walked in? <laughs> <laughs> but I just thought people have got to know who you are to you know to do that stuff. <laughs> Thank you so much to Josh for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, as Joe said at the start of the show, um, Josh is on tour early next year, and you can find all of the relevant details in the description of this podcast. Or if you follow Josh on Instagram, Twitter, uh, and my least favourite social media platform, TikTok. <laughs> it's never taken off in your house. He is such good value on Insta, though, isn't he? It, Those, honestly, he's so good. I loved hearing him talk about like crafting an actual stand-up show. Mm, because yeah. not many people can, can do both so well. You know, he's he, to craft a proper actual stand-up show and also be able to do those those shorts is yeah, a tough thing. Exactly. Exactly. As I mentioned to to Josh at the, at the start, I, I first heard of him, I think it was around 2018, uh, and a friend of the show and future guest on the show, comedian Tom Toll, uh, he introduced me to his stuff and said, this, this guy's stand-up's incredible, but I couldn't really find many clips online of him. However, his video output was great, and at the time, he wasn't doing it as much, but over the last year or so, he's been doing it more and more and more, and he's been getting better and better and better. Honestly, if you haven't fallen down a rabbit hole of Josh Pugh's videos yet, please do. And also, that guy can tell a story. That never mind the Buzzcock story was wicked. Yeah, plus yeah, playing playing for England as well. <laughs> yeah, and, and oh yeah, he's on the wall. He's got a career <laughs> he's England designed by an eight-year-old boy, hasn't he? <laughs> he's ba- he's ba- he's honestly a national hero. Uh, but anyway, Jack, who have we got? Next week. Well, have we got anyone next week? Uh, well, next week we've got a special bonus episode. Ooh. Yes, we do. Yes, Everyone we do. Everyone get excited, in which we'll be discussing this year's Mercury 
nominations, which is where Steve finds out who his next favourite band is for oh, the year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's not because we've run out of guests, you cynical bastards, because the week after we have a genuine singer, songwriter and multi-instrumentalist, Natalie Evans, on the show. Yes. So you've got two weeks to do your homework on her. Yeah, go and go enjoy her. Go enjoy. Yeah, I mean, she's she's also a friend of the... We'll say friend of the show because she's a friend of the band, having, yes. having played with us plenty we of We have played with before. Natalie, and she's great. Great live. Definitely go see her live if you yeah. get the chance. Yeah, and she um, isn't exactly the wackiest of named artists. No. <laughs> no sure. But... Good review. I think we've got some, yeah. some who yeah, are... The- there's a couple. There's a couple of. Uh, there's a couple in the inbox this week, gang. <laughs> um, teenage bands. Jack's favourite feature. My favourite yes. feature. Uh, it's the only last reason week, I Steve... talk to you, Joe, at the moment. At this point. <laughs> <laughs> Steve's annoyed because I edit out all his best bits. But I'll. He says they're his best bits. I say they're his more controversial opinions. Uh, <laughs> You're never going to affect any social change on this podcast unless you leave me in. <laughs> Unfettered. <laughs> uh, last week, Steve, you read out um, a brilliant band names from uh, Echelon Effect, one of our musical heroes. And um, another future guest on, on this show. And another future guest on the show. Just uh, to show that we haven't run out of guests. As, we have as not as run out of guests either. at all. In fact, actually, we had a yes from someone very exciting today. Uh, more on that in a few weeks, hopefully. Um this week, another ambient hero, Jerome from the lovely Message to Bears. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, he played drums in a band called, and forgive my pronunciation, I think it's Good Jeff. G U R D J I E F F, named after a Russian philosopher. <laughs> which is, uh, which is not very 2022, I must say. <laughs> I think Good Jeff um, would have been better. Good Jeff, just call it Good Jeff. Good Jeff. But uh, I love it when he said, "Brilliant artists have rubbish names from their history." I know. It just so... adds an extra. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've all been there, guys. <laughs> uh, he said, uh, "To get, <laughs> we used to throw packets of crisps into the audience to try and make them like us. Like they'd go to the <laughs> supermarket is... and get a multi-pack beforehand." You can imagine some like big crisps. expensive branding companies giving that advice out genuinely nowadays. <laughs> Chuck hey. packet of crisps at people. They'll love hey, you. That's, Lays that's are getting big in this post-rock banana. All these things. That's a good <laughs> point. I did chuck out. That's a fun. I'd forgotten that. I chucked out a banana from the stage, and it was the most rock and roll I'd ever felt because there was a gen, genuine clamouring for it from the front it's, row. It's because you didn't have any paper and you had written the set list on it, if you remember. Yeah, I do, yeah, I do remember that. I'd written a set list on a banana because we couldn't find paper. And I'll tell you this: if you get the right biro, there's no more satisfying a surface than a ripe ban- a ripe banana to write on. It's really I've never honestly seen a post-rock get, crowd move so quick. Huh. Get a bu- get a biro and scribble on a ripe banana tomorrow, guys. That, you will not regret it. When I did the same thing at a football match, <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's one of Steve's that crazy antics. That we, no, that's staying in. I want people to learn about the real you. <laughs> um, also, Matthew got in touch with us uh, via Instagram uh, to say when I was. 14 or 15 my first proper band played its first two gigs under the name rapid bowel movement oh, that, <laughs> is that a proper that, band we can no, we can relate to these guys <laughs> <laughs> we, 
We were thrilled at the album art potential. Our mums, however, were not. After a sit-down with a couple of the mums, we changed our name to Antique Ivory Circus. (laughs) (laughs) Antique Ivory being the name of the finish on my drums... Plus circus. That is such a camel, isn't it? That's such a committee design. You can clearly see the the mother's influence on it. I love. It's amazing. I love the idea of this little conference between them all. (laughs) <laughs> this pivot turned out to be too much for our fan, and the band was short-lived. <laughs> fast, fo- fast forward, and I'm a 49-year-old session drummer. Rapid bell movement only applies after a night of nacho debauchery. Lovely. Thanks for the great podcast. Cheers, Matthew. Thank you very much for that, Matthew. That's really cool. <laughs> and also, Steve, you'll love this. He spelt mums, M-O-M-S. That means he's from a little place called... The United States of, or thereabouts. Going global. Could, I've just realised he could be from a, a number of them. He's somewhere that side. <laughs> you, you, he's going to have an accent that you enjoy. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, guys, keep please keep sending in your band stories to uh, info at codesintheclouds.net or do as Matthew did and message us on Instagram or Twitter at codesclouds. We will be back next week with our Mercury Prize preview discussion. If you're a fan of this part of the show, you'll probably really like it. If not, <laughs> I'd give it a miss. <laughs> but guys, I will, I'll leave you with this. Um, oh, yes. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And what doesn't crane you <laughs> makes oh, you paper. Nice. That <laughs> is... Stuff. I'm sorry, I was genuinely proud yeah, of that no, one as that well. That is good. That is good. The banana, the banana thing